not saying that that could save anyone's life, but I think there will be a difference in how we're treated if you see more responsible black gun owners, we don't automatically assume black for gun equals criminal. Hey everybody, I'm Elise Real. And I'm Isha Bell. And this is Full-Time Black Women, a community for black professional women to live, laugh, grow, and fill the soul. Ooh, Elise, we got somebody special in here today. Tell the people who it is. I am so excited. We have a very special guest, Marshelle Davis of My Sister's Keeper Defense. Hello. (laughs) We are so so excited excited for you to be here because the information that you have to share and also just the ease of mind that you are Mm -hmm. going to be sharing with people who've been thinking about it, like they've been on the edge, but they weren't really sure. But to see somebody like them represented in that space will give them the courage to finally do Mm -hmm. it. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about me, (laughs) y'all. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So let's break it down so it can forever be broke the bio. So Marshall, a.k.a. Tig Davis, is owner of My Sister's Keeper Defense, formerly known as Trigger Happy Firearm Instruction. She's a Florida native and current resident of Atlanta, Georgia. And she is also the owner and founder of Iron Sharpens Iron. I love that name. And National Range Day. Yes, that's an awesome name. So Marcel started My Sister's Keeper Defense in 2016 after noticing a lack of representation in the gun community. Her firearms background stems from the military, and Marcel was in the National Arm sorry in the Army National Guard for seven years and became a firearms instructor when she left the military. She fell in love with teaching firearms classes while working at a local Atlanta gun range. Her goal is to effectively teach a million women how to defend themselves with firearms and eventually open her own gun range. As a domestic abuse and sexual assault survivor, Marshall thinks it's important that women feel like they're in control of their safety. My Mm -hmm. Sister's Keeper Defense is here to empower women and make sure that no one else becomes a victim. I'm going to clap it up for that because that is awesome. We need that 1,000%. I agree. So, yeah. So, official welcome once again to the pod. This is your first time with us, but we are no stranger to your content on the socials. You are amazing. Um, Thank you. Yes. So, this is an episode called Armed and Awesome with, again, our guest, Marcel. And the world is changing, and we have been growing right along with it as Black women. Uh, We are Mm -hmm. leading in the way of entrepreneurship, but have also increased numbers as gun owners. So, today we introduce our listeners to Marcel and uh, my sister's Keeper Defense, who turned her experience and skills into a business of supporting women in their journey of self defense. So, Marshall, before we get started, because we got to go to a commercial. What made you change the name for Trigger Happy Firearm to My Sister's Keeper? So that's a great question. So originally, Trigger Happy Firearm Instruction came from my nickname, which was Trigger Happy. And that had nothing to do with firearms. That was just like a life mantra. Like people mm-hmm. would call me Trigger Happy because I was young. And now that I know that was ADHD, I would just do mm-hmm. things, you know, whatever I felt like doing. I would wake up, you know, catch a flight somewhere, wake up, move to Texas, wake up, quit my job, wake up, 
you know, just whatever I literally felt like doing, very impulsive. Mm -hmm. So my nickname was Trigger Happy. So I started my business in 2016 and I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm Trigger Happy. That's my nickname. It's a double entendre with the firearm instruction. So that's how I got that name. Um, I started working with a lot of major gun organizations and brands in like 2019, 2020. And one of the major brands was like, hey, that Trigger Happy name, like it's cute. It's, you know, it's nice and fun and, and it's nice play on words. However, if you want to be taken seriously in this industry, you might want to consider changing your name to something a little bit more appropriate and a little bit more serious. So that's where my sister's keeper defense came in. And I was like, this name actually better represents what I hope to portray to the world and my mission and goal. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I love my sister keeper as well. Yeah. All right. So we are going to go into a commercial break, but when we come back, we are going to get into those stats for that ass. It is 2022, a new year, a new you, a new idea. And who's joining the podcast crew? That's all I'm trying to find out. Look, if you're trying to join the podcast crew just like us, go ahead. Click on the link. Full-time Black Woman forward slash Buzzsprout forward slash. Buzzsprout is ready for you to get all those thoughts that's been in your head all 2021 and you're ready to put it out there for the rest of the world to listen to 2022. Join the team. We use Buzzsprout and guess what? It's made us so much better. Right, Elise? I would have to say so. They provide so much for you to get started. You'll get your own great looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into different websites and different areas, detail analytics so you can see who, when, what, where they listening, how they listening, all of the things and tools to help promote your episodes and much, much more. I'm telling you, it's amazing to see where y'all listening to us at we all over the globe right now mm-hmm. and you should be too so just click the link in the show notes fulltimeblackwoman.com forward slash buzzsprout forward slash to get your $20 Amazon gift card when you sign up for a paid plan and it helps support our show exactly and guess what if you want to upgrade Buzzsprout has tons of guides to help you find the right equipment at the right price make sure you join the winning team the only team if you tired of people dancing in your videos you tired of the producers making you wear shiny suits and everything else (laughs) come on over to buzzsprout okay fulltimeblackwoman.com forward slash buzzsprout forward slash yeah (laughs) all right so we're back for commercial you know what time it is but we can go ahead and get started with those stats for that ass. Hey, stats for that ass. We bringing you the facts with some stats for that ass. All right, check this out, ladies. Deborah Azrael, a public health researcher at Harvard University, conducted a nationally representative survey of gun owners during the pandemic and found that overall 10% of gun owners were black if 37% were women. But among respondents who said they purchased a firearm for the first time between January 2019 and April 2021, some 21% were black and 48% were women. About 8.5 million of people in the United States bought their first gun in 2020. That makes sense because 
We even thought it was about to be the end of the world, <laughs> man. You fight over toilet paper. <laughs> People fight you over toilet paper. We think they all do when you're home, you know, but everybody is at home. But the National Shooting Sports Foundation says um, the trade association for the firearms industry adds that gun purchases by black men and women increase more than 58% over the first six months of 2020. How do you feel about those stats, Marshall? Um, I am happy that more people are understanding that they need to be their own protectors and their own defenders. No one's coming to save us. You know, that's been a standard. But um, my biggest push and the biggest message that I try to push out to new gun owners is that, yes, you have the firearm, but get the training, the Mm. training and the classes and the legal protection. That's more important than just buying the gun. Like it doesn't end there with the purchase. But why do you think people are so not gung-ho to buy the gun, but not interested in the training of it. Like, no one wants to have something so powerful that could end life and not truly know how to operate it. Just showing it to somebody is not enough. You need to know how to Mm -hmm. use it, right? I mean, I think because guns are so wrapped up in American culture, like we see them on TV, we see them in movies, Mm -hmm. people have this false sense of uh, assurance of their abilities. People think that they can just pick up the firearm and, hey, it's just point and sweep. But it's not true. So a lot of people overestimate their abilities. That's why they don't think classes are necessary. But then also classes kind of take the cool, mysterious, you know, John Wick feel out of it. You don't see John Wick taking a firearm <laughs> class, right? You didn't see him training for all those years to be the John Wick that he was. You see the the end result of all, all of that said training. So it's just not sexy. And that's been the hard push for us as firearms instructors is making firearm training and practice cool and you know something that's inviting and welcoming so that people will be engaged and will want to take classes gotcha gotcha now you mentioned a little bit about firearms protection um what exactly does that mean like what is that exactly so when I say legal protection for gun owners I'm talking about organizations like the United States Concealed Carry Association it's a nonpartisan organization. They are a great resource for people who are new to firearms, people who have been firearms enthusiasts. And what they do is they provide education and training. So, you know, they have classes, they have certified firearms instructors across the country like myself. But one of the biggest benefits of the USECA is the legal protection. So, for example, if I were to go outside my house right now, use my firearm in self-defense, instead of having to pay out of pocket for an attorney, I can call the USECA. They pay for my legal fees on the criminal side, my legal fees on the civil side. If I'm sued, bail, lost wages, you know, they pay for the things that most people are not able to pay for out of pocket. So that's Mm -hmm. why I'm a USECA member. And I recommend anyone who has any type of weapon become a USECA member and have that legal protection beforehand. Now, is that expensive? Yeah, go ahead. Is that expensive? No, my membership is $40 a month. So for $40 a month, it's like insurance, really. I mean, if you're thinking about health insurance, you're thinking about car insurance, you're thinking about flood or homeowner's insurance, it's something that you want to have ahead of time. So I got the USECA thinking that if I'm carrying a firearm, I might end up using it. I want to have this now because after I use my firearm, it's too late. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And like I was saying, I appreciate you breaking that down because I think it's it's a lot of people that don't even know. Like they 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 don't don't even think that far. Yeah, so right. It's People like don't I got think the about gun. after. Right, right. exactly. Mm-hmm. 
So let's get on into the interview, the nitty gritty. Um, Marshall, tell us a little bit about your first experience with firearms and I guess um, your I guess, transition into being certified. Yeah, so I actually shot my first rifle in 2009. I was 18, no, actually, yeah, I was 17 years old. I had just joined the military and I was in basic training. I had seen firearms before on TV. I had never seen her touch a real firearm in real life. Um, so yeah, I joined the military, shot my first rifle as a part of my training. Uh, a year later, I volunteered to deploy overseas and I had to qualify on a handgun. So this was my first time ever shooting a handgun because I needed it for my job overseas. Mm -hmm. And those experiences were different than the experience I try to give my students. You know, in the military, it's, you know, a little bit more abrasive. They're not holding your hands and, you know, mm -hmm. hey, can you please learn how to grip this firearm properly? It's like, no, soldier, like, do this, like this. And it, it wasn't as um, warm and fuzzy as I, I try to make for my students. So for me, I didn't really receive it well. It was like, this is what I have to do for my job. Outside of this, I don't really care because I have to do this. So fast forward to uh, 2012, I come home from my deployment and I purchased my first handgun as a civilian, like outside of the military. And again, I just had it. I didn't take classes. I didn't carry it every day. I was just like, hey, you know, I had this when I was deployed. I feel comfortable having a gun. I don't, I feel naked without it. And I had it. And uh, 2015 is where I just, you know, a series of unfortunate events led me to work at a gun range. In Atlanta, I knew a guy who managed the range. I needed a job. He said, hey, come come work for us. You know, you got military experience. Let's, mm -hmm. let's do this. And I fell in love. I fell in love with being around civilian gun owners. I fell in love with people who were volunteering to go to the range, not as a part of their job or their duties, but they wanted to go practice. They wanted to carry their firearms every day, and they were responsible. And I just fell in love with that feeling. And women coming into the range saying, oh my gosh, I did not know that there were women instructors here, let alone other women gun owners, mm -hmm. and more specifically, black women gun owners and instructors. You know, that was just so rare for them to see. And I realized that like, I'm such a unicorn in this industry. Like maybe I need to take this more seriously and, and let other black women know across the country that, hey, like we are out here, we exist. There is a, a huge group of black women gun owners and black women instructors. So you, you're not alone and it's okay. Um, so yeah, that's how that it took, you know, several years, but that's how that process went. Wait, so why do you think it is that you are a unicorn? That is such a surprise for people like us to see people like us teaching. Well, this is a like it, it goes back to history. Literally everything that has anything to do with race in this country goes back to slavery. So, you know, post slave uh era, there were a lot of laws put in place specifically to make sure that newly freed slaves could not own firearms. So if you look back, if you research all the gun laws that are on paper now, all have ties to those post-slave gun laws that were, you know, trying to make sure that black, pe black people who were newly, you know, newly freed didn't go back and use those firearms against their slave owners or former slave owners. I mean, we see that going through Jim Crow. We see that through the Black Panther era, the, uh, era, the civil rights era. Um, the reason why the California gun laws are so strict now is because of the Black, black Panthers. Mm -hmm. They learned mm -hmm. that they could legally carry and have firearms for self-defense to defend themselves against local law enforcement. And Reagan, along with the NRA, partnered to prohibit the Black Panthers from caring. So in places that are heavily populated with Black people, like Chicago, like New York, like California, you will see very strict gun laws. And that's by design. 
So when you think about firearms in this era, in, in the 2022 era, a lot of the stereotypes that are built up, they're on purpose. It's because it was put in law to keep black people mm-hmm. unarmed. And then the stereotypes are perpetuated through the media, right? And then we feed into those perpetu- uh, stereotypes through music, right? Rappers, they're talking about, you know, anytime you hear anybody talk about a gun in a song, period, they're killing another black person. Mm-hmm. So those, those stereotypes, we have been brainwashed into believing black plus gun equals bad, bad or criminal. Yes. Right? So we have to unlearn all these things. The Second Amendment applies to everyone, no matter your race, creed, or color. Because you're a citizen of this country, you too can carry a firearm to defend yourself, and we have to start exercising those rights. You better educate all of that. <laughs> you better all of educate. That. <laughs> okay. Thank you. That- that's what I was looking for. I ain't know how to say it, but you do, and you did, right. and it's done. So. Yeah, it's all systemic. That's it. Well, Marshall, could you share with us how my sister's keeper came? Uh, my sister's keeper defense came to be mm-hmm. in 2016 from your time working at the range until now. You the boss. Right. So I was inspired by some of these women. I had women come from literally all over the state. Once they found out that I was a black woman instructor at that range, people were coming from all over and they would specifically come asking for me like, hey, is Tig at the range? Is Tig here? Or I want to do private lessons with her. Um, So what actually propelled me into making it a serious business, like register my LLC, uh, was the murder of Philando Castile, to be quite honest. It was the mm-hmm. summer of 2016. And I remember working at the range getting off work and marching around Atlanta with the NAACP protesting his murder and thinking like, okay, what actual solutions are there out there? Like he was a gun owner. Um, if For those who aren't aware, I'm sure everyone knows, but he was a gun owner. His life was taken while in progress of showing the law enforcement officer that pulled him over his uh, carry permit to prove that he was a lawful gun owner. Um, Now, there's been a lot of debates about that specific scenario, but I think what ultimately caused Philando to lose his life was the fact that there is a non-black police officer dealing with a black gun owner that's so foreign to him and to a lot of people, right? And those stereotypes that I just talked about that he immediately saw threat. Now, I can't say if that was another person of another ethnicity, things would have gone differently. But what I'm saying is I, I, without a shadow of a doubt, realized that those stereotypes play a part in how black gun owners are treated. Lawful black gun owners are treated differently, period. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I was thinking, like, how can I fix this? How can I be the change I want to see? And I'm like, okay, well, I can teach classes. If I normalize black gun ownership, then... You know, some of those scenarios, not saying that that could save anyone's life, but I think there will be a difference in how we're treated. If you see more responsible black gun owners, we don't automatically assume black plus gun equals criminal. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, hey, black women, black women create everything. We are the leaders. We are the backbone of every civil rights movement that that has ever existed, ever. We are the trendsetters. <laughs> we are the trendsetters. So I'm like, what we do, everyone will follow. Right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. if we do it, if black women are out here legally arming themselves, taking classes, then everyone's going to do it. So I'm like, okay, I'm targeting black women specifically because if I target black women, that's going to affect the entire nation. Mm-hmm. And yes. I think it has. I think it has. Yes, one thousand percent. I can. I can definitely say that your uh, Instagram feed. <sighs> Before before we followed as full time black women, I followed personally and was like, "Yep, I'm gonna be like that. I'm gonna be like that. I see it. I see it happening." Um, awesome. But it was just 
something about knowing that number one, I wanted to get one for my own safety, but knowing that mm-hmm. I wasn't the only one out there because you have black women like myself and others out there who go to the range and feel immediately intimidated. And so right. even if I might not see one in the immediate vicinity of where I am at my range, I know that there's someone else out there. So that that is right. a huge, huge deal um, to give people the confidence. Now, do you have a lot of folks that come to you to you know, get the training and things who have that kind of same story that they're just like, I've been intimidated this whole time and here you are inspiring this movement. Yes, I'd say about 95% of my students come to my classes specifically because I'm a black woman firearm instructor. Um, I've had women, even today, I had a woman, I'm in Atlanta. I'm about two hours south of Athens. I had a woman drive from Athens to my private lesson this morning. So people are coming from across the country. I've had people fly from New York, California, Texas, uh, Detroit, Florida, just to come and be a part of this movement and get the representation. They could have taken a class with literally any non-Black instructor Mm -hmm. up the street from them. They could have walked into any gun range close to them and gotten a class from anybody, but they wouldn't Mm -hmm. look like them. They wouldn't have those same experiences and, and understand those same challenges as being a Black woman in America. So I think that's why a lot of the women come to my classes specifically because it's that representation. Also, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I am a damn good instructor. You better. You better toot it. You better. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, my classes are thorough. I mean, we provide a handbook, an e-learning. It's a four-hour class. Everything is included. You don't need to bring anything, right? We have a post-class a survey, you know, there's so much information, so much value that's included in my class that, you know, you don't see with, with other instructors. You just don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. basically what you're saying that we're going to do a full-time Black woman field trip at least. Yes. And we're going to go to Atlanta. <laughs> yes. And boom, boom, cop. Yes, like make that, a weekend out like of it. Yeah, come to class <laughs> Saturday morning. We can go eat after class. See? Yes. I'm it ready. makes sense. I just now, what date we doing? <laughs> right. I already know she's ready. She stay ready. I'm gonna be the right. one out there. Like, is it loud? I don't know. My ears. It's okay. I, we got electronic hearing protection. I got you. I got everything. Go kick my big butt back. Oh my god. Nope. <laughs> Not even. Gonna I happen. trust you. I trust yeah. you. Tea. I trust you. <laughs> but I wanted to know on a more serious note. Um, And this is something that I've heard from family and friends. Mm -hmm. And uh, unfortunately, after, you know, um, the situation that you just occurred, I mean, you just talked about later, a lot of black people are afraid. They feel like he was targeted because he had the CCW. See, when you go and get licensed and they got a record of you, then all of a sudden when they run your license plate, then you become a target. And then they give a more reason. Well, I felt afraid because I knew there was a gun. Like, that's Mm -hmm. why they don't want you to get your license. Like, you hear, I'm pretty sure you hear about it. You've read it on social media, everything. How do you get past that mindset for some people? Or do you just not try? Like, Obviously, it's just not for you. Yeah, so knowledge beats fear all day, right? So a lot of the information that skin folk are going around talking about firearms are myths, right? And Mm. you have to understand that gun laws are different in every state. So, for example, the state of Georgia, I can't speak for all 50 states. I don't know it off the top of my head. But in the state of Georgia, when they run your license 
license and registration, your your Georgia weapons carry license does not come up. Mm -hmm. They cannot see that you've purchased Mm -hmm. a firearm or own a carry permit. So that's one thing. I mean, two, um, again, like I said, the only way to break down those stereotypes is to show up and show out that, hey, we exist without fear. We are law-abiding citizens. If we continue to cower and we keep thinking man, this is bad. I feel like a criminal for doing this. I don't feel mm-hmm. right. It feels icky. How are we mm-hmm. expecting non-Black people to look at us? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, if we That's are true. afraid of Black people with guns, if we think it's all bad, if we think I'm not a criminal, so I don't need that, then what, what do we expect other people outside of our community to think? They're going to think the same things because we yeah. think that too. Yeah. So we have to, at some point, walk in faith educate ourselves, know the gun laws, understand that they're different in every state, understand that what Quita said in Texas does not apply to Jakime in California, right? Like, right. what you can't do over here don't have nothing to do with what she can and cannot do over there. Like, understand those things and understand that there are resources out there for you to get educated. Those are things we also discuss in my class. So yeah, knowledge beats fear. Stop telling people what they can and cannot do. You are probably not the best person to, to give out that information. Go to a professional. Mm-hmm. Right. I agree. Right. So we've heard the call for you know, people to protect black women, but you are empowering black women to learn to protect themselves, which I absolutely love. Right. So how many women have you helped so far and what's your vision for the future? Yeah, so so far, and I started going off quality off instead of quantity, but if mm-hmm. I were to quantify my students over the past five, six years, I would say we're about 5,000 students taught. Um, the majority of those women are taught, have been taught in Atlanta, and we have taught classes in over 21 cities. Oh, my so. ultimate goal is to teach, yeah, 21 cities, that's major. Like, no one else has ever done that before. Why would we expect and anyone I, else to do it? I mean, because <laughs> you, you. Hello. <laughs> yeah, but I want to empower other women instructors to do the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. look, we can get so much more accomplished together than we can by ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did have a million women goal when I started in 2017. Um, or 2016, but what I've realized is that, again, I can't do it by myself. So I've also been working on mentoring and training other instructors. That's what Iron Sharpens Iron is. It's the mentorship um, or or event, National Range Day, like helping other people help people, right? Help other instructors help their local skin folks so that, you know, I'm not doing this alone. It's not just one of me. There's over 370, Mm -hmm. you know, 370 black instructors that I know of and probably more that I don't know of. So like we out here so you know find your local instructor go take a class you know we're gonna get this million women together i love it i love it oh boy i'm i'm so excited i have an appointment on saturday so i am honestly <laughs> fired up mm. but um before we dive into some gun owner true or false statements some things that might have been kind of around in the the social webs and things uh we're gonna take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back look i don't know where you're listening to this podcast right now but guess what where i am it's freezing outside okay i'm telling you it's cold out here for a pimp when you're trying to get some groceries but no limp oh you don't want to be you don't don't want to be slip sliding out there in that ice with holding some groceries doing a james brown split you didn't mean to Mm -mm. okay 
oh my gosh, that actually did happen to me. I wonder if we still have the video. Anyway, <laughs> look, what you need to do is go ahead and click on the link fulltimeblackwoman.com forward slash Instacart forward slash and you are able to get free delivery for your first order over $35. What how inflation is playing out in these streets, that's probably about three, four, five things. Boom, free delivery. What you mad about? Exactly. What you mad about? Exactly. No complaint, no issue. That's that's the best you can do. I'm telling you, just go ahead, click on the link fulltimeblackwoman.com forward slash Instacart forward slash and you will have hand selected very well taken care of groceries that the shoppers pick up based on your preferences they make sure to keep your eggs safe your avocados don't be bruised your bread be nice and fluffy and stuff you you will be taken care of don't even worry just kick back put your feet up and watch the groceries come to your door nothing feels better than that ding dong and you have all your groceries at the door (laughs) bing bong how about that Exactly. Look, let Iscart know we sent you by go ahead and clicking on that link, fulltimeblackwoman.com forward slash Instacart forward slash. You can sit up there and shop multiple stores on one single order while you sit on your big comfy couch. Oh, that just sounds so good, especially right now. Like, I'm serious. I, I think I hurt myself with that split. Oh, no. I'm, I'm, I'm too old for that. I ain't flexible. I'm not even flex. So I'm a both. Like, come on. Go ahead. Click on the link. Fulltime.com. Fulltime.com. <laughs> Fulltimeblackwoman.com. Forward slash Instacart. Forward slash. And we are back. So... Five gun owner true or false questions that kind of have come up either on social media from folks that we've spoken to or just anywhere on the internet, the interwebs. Um, we would like to ask them of you, Marshall. You can give us your opinion, your thoughts sure. on that, and we'll go right ahead. So one that is, I already know the answer, but it is what it is. But one that has come up <laughs> is women can't shoot, period. That is, of course, (laughs) false. In fact, there have been studies that have shown women are naturally better shooters than men. Some science would lead uh, those those, those results, I guess, to uh, come from the fact that we are our nerve endings or something with our fingers, like our, our touch is a little bit more sensitive so that we're able to truly feel that trigger a little bit better than men. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, I can give anecdotal evidence when I've taught men and women together, like husband and wife couples, both of them have no knowledge, never shot before. The woman usually does better. And I think it has a lot to do with one, she has no preconceived notions about firearms Two, the ego. A lot of times guys feel like I'm the man. I'm supposed to know what to do. So I'm going to tune out on Tig's part when she's teaching about this. The woman is like, oh, no, no, no. I know I don't know anything. I'm going to listen to everything. They're taking notes. Mm-hmm. So that's usually why the women end up doing better. I would say I would bet like 90% of the women end up shooting better than their male counterparts. Oh, wow. That is interesting because mm-hmm. my father and I, we took a CCW class here in Ohio years ago. Mm-hmm. I didn't go through and apply to my license. I did take the training, though. Okay. I went through the weekend training stuff. So I'm going to try again. I'm going to try again. And when we went to the range after the course, um, 
I did better than my father. And mm-hmm. he kept trying to blame the guns that the instructor had. He like, it's coming with the gun. You got a little kick it. You ain't a little kick it. Right. Like, no. No. Uh, well, I'm used to something bigger. I'm used to a 40. You know what I'm saying? That little tiny thing. Am I going to do that? He was making every excuse in the world right. why my stuff was coming out better. So it makes sense. I, I mm-hmm. can attest to that. So. Yeah, it's no ego. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, All right. Was, so I'm I know sorry. a lot of. Oh, it's okay. I was just going to say, I know a lot of. <laughs> a lot of the sentiments around that whole statement obviously is based in misogyny but aside from that the excuses that have been said is because we have smaller frames we have less grip strength or because we are not as aggressive it's just all ridiculous afraid of it afraid of afraid of it is a big one too yeah right this i i think I don't, I don't know. It just seems nuts to me. It, it's always one of those things where we, we just can't be good at anything, apparently. <laughs> when you can't drive, kind of you can't shoot, right. you're good at birthing babies. That's about it. Cooking, yeah, I give you that, but everything else. <laughs> right, right. I truly believe that, too. So the next gun owner, true or false, let mm-hmm. us know, Marshall. Chemical sprays and stun guns are better self-defense options for women. I, I was gonna say that for women part definitely not true um uh, what i will say is better or worse depends on personal preference there are some people that who are not mentally emotionally or spiritually prepared to take a life and i acknowledge and accept that unlike a lot of the pro-gun people you hear talking about firearms they usually wouldn't say that they'll say get a gun or else or, you know if you don't have guns then you're stupid like i don't believe that i don't believe that guns are for everyone and i don't believe that the government should make that decision i think that as adults we should be as, as mentally aware as possible to know you should know if you can handle this or if you can't handle this right mm-hmm. so i tell my students some leave the class saying you know what thank you tig for all the information the firearm safety fundamentals blah blah, blah. i know if i ever encounter a firearm i know how to handle it safely but I recognize that I don't need to own a firearm and I respect the hell out of that. Mm-hmm. And I tell them, okay, well, there are other means of self-defense, uh, other means of self-defense. There's pepper spray, there's hand-to-hand combat, there are, you know, edge weapons, you know, as a backup, there's situational awareness, which is like before all of that, like let's pay attention to our surroundings and avoid having yes. to use a weapon, period, which yeah. is my favorite means of self-defense. Mine too. Right? There's the escalation, right, avoidance. Exactly. There's so many other ways to you to defend yourself. A gun is not the end all be all. It should not be your first option anyway. So yeah, saying that it's the best option for women, that's misogyny. Saying that it's the best option for someone who decides they don't want to take a life, I fully support that. Wow, so you, you just broke it down all the way. Right? <laughs> that's what I, yeah, yeah. I mean that too. That's what I meant. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So the third true or false says women most often buy guns for personal and family safety. Has that been the case of those that have come to you for training? Mm -hmm. Yes, I would say probably 99 percent of my students cite that a personal reason, a recent attack or, you know, trying to prevent an attack or some type of crime is the reason why they decided to become a gun owner. It is very rare that I, I don't think I've actually ever encountered or encountered the students who said, I want to learn how to use this firearm, but just to practice at the range as, you know, a sport shooter or a leisure shooter. Mm-hmm. Pretty much every student has come to my class and said, yeah, I want this for personal protection. Mm-hmm. 
Have you ever thought about uh, competitions or anything like that? Or has it mostly been just as far as you're concerned, just, you know, training and sharpen iron sharpens iron? Yeah, I've thought about competing, but uh, like you said, with the training, I, I want to stay focused. I, there's only one of me, right? Like there are mm-hmm. other women instructors, but there's only one Marshall Tig Davis. And I feel like my skill set is better used training people and inspiring people to train and get educated. If I were to compete, like that only serves me really, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a representation. I make maybe for some people, like the handful mm-hmm. of black women who would participate. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, I, I would be doing it for myself and I don't want to be selfish. You know, God put me here to do this mission. I'm going to do this mission. Amen. All right. So what about this when people talk about women owning guns? Like, yeah, no, you can get a gun, but you should get a revolver. What do you say to that? <laughs> oh, my gosh. So this is the biggest myth, biggest misconception, misconception about firearms is that women need revolvers. Now, I'll tell you why people say that. And when I say people, it's usually men. Men usually tell women to buy revolvers for two reasons. One, because they don't feel like teaching that woman novice shooter how to load a magazine, mm. which is something revolvers mm-hmm. don't have, mm-hmm. or how to rack a slide. It is very simple, but they don't have the patience to do that. So they don't feel like teaching them. Or the second reason is that they don't think you can, period. They don't think women are capable of loading magazines and racking slides. Mm-hmm. Um, both are untrue. All right. So I've taught, like I said, over 5,000 women. I'm talking about as young as five-year-old little girls to I had an 87 year old uh, elder in a private mm. lesson. So it doesn't matter how old you are. If you take a class with a patient, knowledgeable instructor, you can learn how to rack a slider, load a magazine. Um, revolvers have many downfalls. I will say this publicly. I do not recommend anyone buy a revolver. There's so many cons, so many more cons than pros. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. One con being uh, the trigger squeeze. So on a revolver, um, so you know, like the hammer on the back of the mm-hmm. revolver. Revolver. Yeah. Okay. So when the hammer's back, like you cock the hammer, right? That makes the trigger press really light, like maybe three pound, three to four pounds of pressure, right? With the hammer forward, the trigger squeeze is about eleven pounds of pressure. Oh wow! So oh my god! It's a big difference, right? It's kind of inconsistent versus a semi-automatic handgun. My firearm, it's four and a half pounds of pressure every single trigger squeeze. It's going to be the same regardless. Um, mm-hmm. To put that into perspective, it takes about seven pounds of pressure to rip off an ear. So, like, mm-hmm. imagine you're squeezing a revolver with a hammer forward or a hammerless revolver, right? You're squeezing that trigger, and you're squeezing, you're giving more energy to squeeze that trigger than you would to rip off someone's ear. Oh, my God. Right? Like, that's a lot wow. of, that's a lot of, for real, nobody, people don't know this. Like, you don't know until you go to the range. So, that's one downside of revolvers. The other one is, like, the the, mag, the round capacity. So revolvers are like five, six shots, right? Five or six. Mm-hmm. Okay. So mm-hmm. like, say you miss, right? Say you take forever squeezing that trigger and you, you can't hit your target. You're not successful versus a semi-automatic handgun. A lot of those firearms, you have 15 round magazines, 10 round magazines. You have a higher magazine capacity. What mm-hmm. that means is more shots, better chance of, of hitting bad guys, mm-hmm. less shots. When you run out, you're out. Mm-hmm. Right? That, yeah. That's pretty much it. So I would rather have more and not need all of them. They only have five. And eat six. So, yes. you know, that's one of the other cons. There are a few others, but those are the two biggest ones for me. Um, take, again, take a class, see for yourself, shoot, sit there, have an instructor teach you how to shoot a revolver, and then right after that, shoot a regular semi-automatic, you know, pistol, and see for yourself. And you're like, oh, I see mm-hmm. the difference. I see how this, I'm more accurate with this one. You know, the the I'm less accurate with the revolver than I am with the regular handgun or the regular pistol. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. Thanks for that education right there. Did not know okay. any of that. Mm-mm, it's a big difference. Not. Trust me. Um, before I get into the last true or false, I want to kind of mm-hmm. get from you because just we started to talk a little bit about the range with the revolver, uh, true mm-hmm. or false, just a minute ago. But when you have a newbie come into the range, like or even want to come in for training, if they're not coming to you, what are some things that they can look for to know, you know what, I'm in the right place. Like this place is okay. And I'm with the right trainer because I know we've got a big, at least at four full-time black women pod, we have a big population mm-hmm. in Atlanta, but not everybody's there. So just if you right. break That's down a great tips. question. Absolutely. So first I wrote an entire blog that answers this question. My sister's keeper, my sister's keeper defense.com forward slash blog, go to how to vet your instructor. All right. So that gives everything that I'm about to say. Uh, One, you need to make sure that your instructor is a certified firearm instructor. There are two major organizations that certify instructors. Um, So it's usually either the NRA or the USCTA. Those are the two major, you know, nationally recognized organizations. Ask them, where did you get your firearm instructor certification from? Big first question. Second, if they are an independent instructor, which I would recommend over range instructors, I'll explain in a second. But if they're an independent instructor like myself, who I just rent space at ranges to teach my classes, do you have an LLC? Like, is this a legitimate business? Are mm-hmm. you just doing this, you know, from the seat of your pants on the weekends as just a little side hustle? Or are you taking this business seriously? That's also huge. If they don't care about registering their business or, you know, getting a, a business license or, you know, doing the things you need, a website, a logo, social media, then like how invested are you in your craft, right? Mm-hmm. Another big thing is when was the last time you took a firearm class, not an instructor class, just a basic refresh your fundamentals course. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. there are instructors who got certified in 1989 and they're teaching information from the 80s that does not apply to 2022 yeah. handguns, right? And the things up. we have now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, like, I'm not going to Mr. 1989 who hasn't taken a class since then. Like, I'm going to go to someone who I would say at least takes one refresher course per year. If they're not that invested in their own personal development to take at least one course per year, I I don't trust it. How do you know whether or not they keep up with the continuing education? Ask them. Ask them what is the last what is the last class that you took? Who offered that class? So what organization offered that course? And then look it up yourself. So a big one is like um, the NRA basic pistol or basic pistol instructor or the USCCA concealed carry home defense fundamentals course and mm-hmm. look it up and see okay this is still relevant like it's still actively being pushed on their website or you know what i mean like when did they take that course also you can ask to see their certificate it has the date on every class mm-hmm. you take there's a date on there so if that thing says 1989 i'm not trusting it right like if it's not <laughs> right. within the last year sir ma'am you need to go back and do some refresher because i don't know you mm-hmm. know yeah so mm-hmm. those are some of the biggest ones and then also lastly um, make sure that they have liability insurance. So there is instructor liability insurance that they're teaching a class and something happens in that class. You get shot, they get shot. You know, that's messy if they don't have insurance. And mm-hmm. also, again, you don't care about your craft to, you know, if you don't invest in some sort of insurance as an instructor, as a business owner. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Wait, and so know. can you also uh, go ahead and repeat your website so people know where to find you? Yes. 
It's mysisterskeeperdefense.com. Everything you need to know about me, my business classes, uh, the National Black Self-Defense Directory, which lists those 370 instructors I was talking about, that's on there. I have blogs about everything gun-related you could ever think about is on there. So check out my website. It's a huge resource for especially new firearms owners. Okay. And after you go check out her website, make sure you go check out ours as well. Fulltimeblackwoman.com. You can also make sure that you go listen to our, you can listen to our podcast through our website, as well as read some of the articles that Elise and myself have written for all of you. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Elise. mind the plug don't mind the plug at all right so right you gotta do what you gotta do um Mm -hmm. so the very last true or false it says women's clothes make it too hard to conceal or carry they too cute is this true or false that is absolutely false now what i will say as a caveat to that is as a gun owner it is a lifestyle change So what that means is your mind needs to change. Maybe your workout routine will change. Maybe your your dress code should change, the way you dress and wear your clothing, how you communicate with people in the outside world, how you handle conflict changes when you become a gun owner. So it's mind, body, spirit. Everything needs to change. So yes, when you're dressing, you're going to dress to your firearm. So that means if you're carrying appendix, which means in the front, Um, or you're carrying on your hip, you're going to wear clothing that helps you conceal. Mm -hmm. A great instructor can give you a class to show you how to do this. I also have several videos on my Instagram page. It's My Sister's Keeper Defense on Instagram and Facebook. And I have videos showing, hey, I'm in a dress. I'm in heels. I have fingernails on. I have lashes and a big ponytail. And I'm still concealed carrying in all those different outfits. So if I can do it, you definitely can do it. Wonderful. And also, you have recently partnered to have a, a concealed carry clothing line. Is that right? We yeah, we did a temporary you know push of the concealment apparel. We actually uh, sold that line. So you know there are a bunch of other resources. One that is black owned that I would recommend is Tymonex T I E M O N E X. She's a black firearm instructor here in Atlanta. She creates concealed carry apparel she has the belly band she has i believe the thigh uh holsters as well so time on next that's where you can go to get your black owned concealed carry apparel awesome love it love black owned things so thank you for the true false i know that was quick but also very very informative you you gave excellent information and i hope everyone out there caught it so um Isha, did you have anything else? Because I, I was going to say something and I forgot it. So now my Myrtle kicked in. And so I That's just... okay, Myrtle. It's okay. <laughs> Hashtag Myrtle. Um, well, no, I just wanted to ask Marshall if there's one piece of advice you could share with our audience, what would it be? Never stop training. So you might take your CCW class. That's not enough. You might go to the range uh, to take a class. That's not enough. I would say minimum taking two uh, or going to the range twice a month to practice at your local gun range by yourself mm. or with an instructor minimum and at minimum taking one refresher course per year so one fundamental course whatever it is but minimum it is a perishable skill it is not like learning how to ride a bike you know once you know how to ride a bike you know it forever no no ma'am so if you go years or months without shooting pretty much you start over from scratch every time whatever you learn is completely forgotten so never stop training and also become a subject matter expert 
Don't just mm-hmm. go off of what your instructor mm-hmm. says. Research for yourself. Like, if mm-hmm. you're going to carry something that can take lives, you should know everything there is to know about it, how to take it apart, how to clean it, how it works, you know, what happens if it doesn't work, the laws, everything about that tool and anything around it, you should be a fanatic of that knowledge. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, if you're not dedicated to being a fanatic and taking the training and, and committing to it, do not buy a firearm. Don't, don't do it. If it's not going to be a part of your lifestyle, keep it in, don't buy it. Keep it at the gun store, get it a taser. What do you tell to those people who's like, I just want it for safety while at home? Is that mm-hmm. kind of defeating the purpose of having the gun or is whatever your personal preference is? Because you still go out into the world every single day. Your gun yeah, is at home. Right, right. Yeah, I would say that it's a personal preference. It's okay, okay for people who take classes. Because I mean, even if you're at home, you still got to mm-hmm. shoot it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah take classes if you want to just for home defense that's okay i respect that some people don't want to carry a firearm on their person all day um for a lot of different reasons but yeah that's fine i did want to also note that shoot to maim shoot to wound shoot in the air to warn people hey look that's illegal it's illegal it's reckless and it's not very wise okay so if you're like i'm gonna buy a gun but i don't want to take someone's life don't buy Mm -hmm. a gun that's what they're designed Mm -hmm. for you're like i want to buy a gun i'm gonna just shoot them in the kneecap Think about how small people's kneecaps are. Like, like think about this standing still, like ball up a piece of paper and try to throw it across the room at somebody's kneecap. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, you're not going to hit that kneecap, first of all. Second of all, say you do shoot your bad guy in the kneecap. Does that stop them from grabbing their firearm and, you know, shooting mm-hmm. back at you or, you know, lunging at you with a knife? It doesn't stop them from doing any of that. You didn't eliminate the threat. You just wasted time. So mm-hmm. you carry a firearm. I, I, words have meaning, so I don't say kill people. You're not killing someone. You're eliminating a threat or you're taking life in defense of your own. Mm-hmm. So if you're not prepared mentally, emotionally, spiritually, like talk to whoever you pray to, if you have not had that discussion or made that decision, guns are not for you. And that mm-hmm. is okay. But yeah, there, there was a case, I think in California, or maybe Florida, where you know a lady shot in the air, warning shots, and she ended up getting sentenced for 20 years. It was overturned. Yeah. overturned but the reason why she was arrested in the first place is because that's not self-defense. You can't say I feared for my life and shot the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. It's reckless because what goes up must come down. Yeah. So she could have been endangering the lives of other people, right? You try to shoot a kneecap and you shoot and hit the ground and that ricochets yeah. and hit somebody else. You know, anything can happen. So you're only using your firearm to, to defend yourself against the threat. Nothing else. If you're not shooting high center chest area, don't buy the firearm. Just don't do it. Wow. That is excellent. Thank you for sharing all of that because I, I'm sure some people are like, yep, I'm just going to have it. I'm protect- I'm fine. I'm good. I got it now. That's it. That's yeah, all I need. I do it. Sure. I got right. it. <laughs> right. I'm just going to wave it around like, no, man, that's, that's uh, brandishing. That's, uh, right. you, can, you can be charged for that. So don't do that. Don't just wave it around trying to scare people. So don't do that. Um, And for those who might be listening who have thought about uh starting a gun coaching business um what advice would you give to them what last piece of advice would you give to them to get into that entrepreneurial venture i would say get a mentor find somebody who's already doing what you want to do who's successful at it and learn as much as you can take all the classes you can afford to take so don't just stop saying well I've got my nra instructor that's it like no take all of them take all the classes from all the organizations that make the classes never stop learning get a mentor don't just jump out there on a whim because oh i took my class that's it 
start off with one-on-one private training. I also have blogs that explain how to become an instructor, what I did, what my process was, my advice to grow your social media, grow your business, and to contract with ranges as a guest instructor. All of that's on my website for free. I, I'm giving the game away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so it's all there for free in my blog. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. So we ask this of all of our guests. This is the final question for you today. What does it mean to you to be a full-time Black woman? I think it means to me power and strength. Um, I am an example for a lot of Black women in the in the world, and I don't get to take my skin off at the end of the day. Like, I'm a Black woman in a professional setting, in my life, in, in my personal life, and friendships and relationships. And I think that means that um, I am the blueprint. We are the blueprint for everyone else in this country. So being the blueprint, I carry myself like everyone is watching because they are. So to me, being a full-time Black woman means Look, I, I'm, I'm stepping up and showing out and being in my excellence and my grace and my queendom forever because I, this is me. <laughs> forever. This is, this is what you did all day, every day. I was trying to be quiet. I, I gotta say something. Yes! Okay. They are my spirit. Always yes. watching. Right. At least felt her spirit and it jumped over to me. Yeah. So. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you. Look, y'all need to go ahead and go on mysisterskeeperdefense.com. You also can find her on Instagram. Go ahead and do your socials yourself. I'm sorry. Yes, Instagram, my sister's keeper defense. Facebook is the same. Twitter is MSK Defense. And you can find me on my website, mysisterskeeperdefense.com. All right. And while you're looking for her, make sure you go ahead and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Full Time Black Woman and on Twitter at FT Black if you have any questions for us or for our wonderful guest, Marcelle Tick Davis, make sure that you go ahead and email us at contact at fulltimeblackwoman.com. We are so appreciative of you being here. And we are Thank serious. You. We're taking a full-time yeah. black woman road trip. Like, Thank this you. is happening. There's so much sisterhood. and It's a vibe, okay? Our classes are a vibe. We keep you, we laugh. It's just so it's so black. It's so black-nificent. You know, it's amazing. I, know. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> I'm so excited. Black black stuff. I'm blacky black legs. I love blacky black stuff. Very like, much for so. real. <laughs> this is something that's needed. And like I said, there are so many of us who haven't taken a step that Elise mm-hmm. or yourself, Marshall, have done. But we are right. interested and we're ready. You know, because we know anybody coming to save us. We got to protect ourselves. Right. So right. this is the first, first step. I am so, so hyped. I'm excited as well. <laughs> yes. And we would love to have you back to talk about something else. Um, whatever that Absolutely. may be. If you ever feel the need to get it out in the world, you can just we a, a phone call, email away because we love this energy. This is great. Um <sighs> I'm just so excited. I'm just so Look, happy. And if you love our energy, and if you love our energy here at Full Time Black Women, go ahead, rate, subscribe wherever you are listening to our podcast. We love fives. I mean, we appreciate anything like a five, something more like a five, whatever it can be. Make sure you let us know what we are doing is giving you the feels, as Elise usually says. Yes, I do. I and do. her spirits. I'm in my spirit. So we're going to have it up one last time. For Marshall Tig Davis and my sister's keeper's defense, we love everything about it. We wish you so, so much of everything. All the positive, all the positivity, good vibes, and continuing to spread the message because you are doing fantastic work. So thank you. 
Yes. And with that, that brings us to the end of another episode. We hope that you had a fantastic time with us. And remember, we are here for you full time from Coffee to Wine. And play your power perfectly. Peace. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Full-Time Black Woman is created, recorded, and produced by Elise Real and Isha Bell. For more opportunities to live, laugh, grow, and fill the soul, be sure to like, review, comment, and subscribe to Full-Time Black Woman wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Help us build this community by sharing with other full-time Black women like yourself. Visit our website at fulltimeblackwoman.com to see what's new or to reach out. If you have questions or want to add to today's topic, send us an email to contact at fulltimeblackwomen.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Fulltime Black Woman and on Twitter at FT Black Woman.